But if your parents are kind of adventurous and willing to be a little bit embarrassed, you should volunteer them or get them to volunteer to be contestants. Well, hold on. Before we sign Claire up for a lifetime of therapy, just... everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast and we had a fun episode on tap tonight it is kind of not all one theme but it's all really exciting and sam and i are excited to be doing it and so i want to start by welcoming our guest to the show a listener who reached out claire so i want to welcome claire to the show welcome great to be here guys thank you yeah thanks for coming on and for reaching out i am so excited to do this Well, I don't want to give too much away here, so we're just going to kind of really stick to our format here and reveal things as they happen. But I will say that the tail end of tonight's episode is going to be a little Q&A with Claire for us that she had some questions she wrote in about. We thought it'd be fun to put into a podcast format. So the main part of this show will be the the Q&A segment there. But we wanted to get Claire's background first because we love to start with folks' Disney background. So Claire, I know based on what we're going to talk about as we go forward that you have not been on a Disney cruise before, but what is your experience with Disney generally? Well, my love of Disney is very hereditary. Um, I didn't find out about this until just a few years ago. But my dad went with his parents to Walt Disney World in 1971. Oh, uh, wow. If you are a Disney uh, lover, you know that that's the first year it opened. And he stayed at the Polynesian, which made me super jealous. And then my mom actually went with her family in 1964 to the New York World's Fair and got to ride all the Disney-sponsored attractions. And it's why It's a Small World is her favorite attraction ever. Naturally, when the two of them got married and started having kids in the 80s, they wanted to take us to Walt Disney World because they had a connection with Disney. And so we're not big on doing a Disney trip every year, but they were able to save their pennies and we would go every five years or so. And I really liked it. And then all of a sudden in the 2000s, we weren't able to go because my parents were paying for all of us to go to college. (laughs) So it kind of stopped. But then when I started to you know, go out on my own, I said, you know, I really want to go back. So I started going on my own and with a couple of friends and realized, oh, man, I love this so much. <laughs> and I, I actually um, started to really get into it going every couple of years. I even for a little bit wrote for touringplans.com. And that just really evolved into just a passion for Disney And so in 2016, I actually was able to bring my parents back to Walt Disney World for the first time for them in 16 years. And then two years later, I was able to take my older brother and just being able to see Disney from their eyes, all of us as adults was just such an eye opening thing. And and it really made me love the parks even more to, to get that experience and just to watch them enjoy Disney just as much as I do. Yeah, that is, that is that is amazing, and I, I I love to hear those kind of uh, I think you called it a hereditary backgrounds. So that's that's <laughs> a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Well, before we dive into this Q and A round, uh, we were excited because when you wrote in, I I'm, I've got to get this exactly right here. I've got to get the email subject line that you sent to me. Uh, <laughs> it was Year of Wishes contest. I won! Exclamation point and. What a contest to win. So for our listeners out there, do you want to tell folks what the Year of Wishes contest is? I think a lot of people will know, but in case you don't, what's the Year of Wishes contest, Claire? 
That contest, as far as I know, is a Twitter or social media contest that's put on by the Disney Cruise Line. Super easy. So every so often they'll say, hey, here's another entry to the Year of Wishes contest. Post a picture of random thing and comment on something on the ship that you want to do. And my love of Disney has not really extended to the cruise line. So when I found it, it's like, oh, this is such an easy contest. If I win, that'd be awesome. I'll go on a cruise. Uh, so I, I think one of them was like the new Disney Wish has a lounge that is themed to Star Wars. And so they said, what do you want to do when you go on the Disney cruise? What's the thing you want to do the most? So I posted a picture that that they had from the Disney lounge or the Star Wars lounge. And I said, I cannot wait to sit and watch the Star Wars themed uh, planets go by in the background. And that was it. And then I didn't think of it anymore until I think it was the day of the Olympics opening ceremony. I remember because I was so excited uh, for that. And I was just on Twitter. And all of a sudden, I realized I had a message on my Twitter. And I go, oh, it must be, you know, some family members showing me something cool. So I go and it's the official Disney Cruise Line. And I open it up and it says, congratulations, you are a potential winner. And potential is, is key here. In the year of wishes sweepstakes, please use this pin to redeem your win here within 24 hours. So I'm kind of going, is this for real? Is <laughs> <laughs> somebody pulling my leg? So I did research. I'm like, okay, they're not asking for like a credit card or my social security number. Um, this is actually from the verified blue check mark Disney Cruise Line Twitter. It's not from something that's kind of faking it. So I called my parents and I said, I don't know, but I think I want a cruise with Disney. And they're like, are you sure? And, you know, being parents, they, they do that kind of thing. So did the I did the pin, filled it out, didn't hear anything until I got an email from this place called Prize Logic. So if you've ever won a Disney thing, you know Prize Logic because they're the ones that kind of funnel you through and say, hey, you did win, but you have to fill out all this stuff first. You have to sign this affidavit. You have to have a notary sign that you indeed were the one that filled this out and send the contract in and have it all, you know, and anybody that comes with you. So it's for me and for three other people. They also have to sign an affidavit or uh, yeah, and get it notarized and send it to me and I have to send it in. So I'm like panicking, like, who do I send? What do I do? Can, can I do this in time? And and I and I'm like, who do I pick? That was the big thing. And I decided to take my parents and my older brother, who I said we had gone on those Disney trips together. So I knew that they would love it just as much as me. So I emailed them and said, I want a cruise, but you have to do all the stuff. So please do the stuff. And my older brother is not one to um, do stuff early. So I was really panicking about him, but he was on it and he sent me the stuff. And I was just, I sent it in and I'm like, oh, this works. And then Prize Logic said, you're good. You officially won. And then I got an email from Disney saying, congratulations, you won. And I went, oh my gosh, this is real. That's amazing. Holy cow. So I will tell you, I have entered a couple of times and I have not won. So I have entered the sweepstakes. Well, that's less surprising than winning, but <laughs> that is. No, but I'm telling I think Brian doesn't know this. Like on you can enter on Facebook, you can enter on Twitter, you can enter on um Instagram, I think as well. I think they have it did, on all Did you do this month? Because I'm typing into Twitter right now. So No, I, I, I did I don't think I did it this month. I know I did it last month, but I don't think I did it this month. But yeah, I think you can I think every month you can 
make five entries? I think I only did it like twice and then just forgot about it. So I don't, I don't win stuff. This is something that was completely unexpected. Like it just, it's a, it was a complete surprise and shock because these kinds of things just pass me by and then I forget about it. So this is just such a joy. I do wonder if your odds are slightly better right now, given the, uh, the, the brush that the cruise industry has been painted with, but at the same time, it's still not easy. And what an amazing thing to get. Uh, I mean, I, I remember having a slight twinge of anger when I learned that they were doing this contest because we worked so hard ourselves to get aboard the maiden voyage. And I was like, what? There are people who get to sail before us and for free? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're totally sailing, Claire, but you're sailing before us. So we're on the maiden voyage, but you're on the one before us. <laughs> well, maybe I'll see you in the terminal as I'm getting off and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, guys, you do not know what's in store for you. <laughs> well, it sounds like Sam's hitting the pavement to win this contest. So maybe we'll be on new. Maybe our back-to-back on the wish will turn into a back-to-back-to-back, which would be super magical. But Disney, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're willing to take that bullet for 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 our fans. I, I want to know, Claire, how come you haven't been on a cruise before or a Disney cruise? Is there any particular reason or, you know, have you always wanted to? There's a couple of reasons. When I was young, I guess I, I always thought that my dad had like severe seasickness because this one time when we were going to Mackinac Island in Michigan, he got sick on the ferry when it was like high winds and stuff. He never wanted to really do any cruising because he had that bad experience that one time. And then as I got older, there were two things. One was my friend had gone on a cruise with another friend and like didn't really like it. So I had that kind of negative experience from the friend. And so I was like, eh, I don't know, cruising that doesn't seem like the right thing. And the other thing is, once I started hearing about Disney cruises, I went, that's awesome, but it's also really expensive. And I just, I, I couldn't, I, I could warrant doing an a la carte Walt Disney World vacation where I could pick and choose the things that I wanted and, and it could be as cheap as I needed it to be rather than pay a lump sum and have to go through like all the Disney cruise stuff. When I was watching all these Disney cruise vlogs on YouTube, I'm going, man, that does look really nice, but it's expensive. So I'm just going to watch from afar and enjoy it. And you know, if any of these random contests come in, I'll, I'll just apply it and that'll be the sign that it's time for me to go to one of the cruise. And <laughs> little did I realize that it would actually, you know, happen. Well, Claire, this is really exciting. And I know from talking to you off air that this is not just your first Disney cruise, it's your first cruise. And so when you wrote in, you also said, I have lots of questions. And I think my response was sort of, well, we have lots of answers, but I think that our listeners could benefit from hearing these questions and uh, the answers as well. I will say for listeners out there, some of these are DCL 101, but we always like to sprinkle in a little DCL 401 here and there, and you can expect the same here. We thought it would be a great opportunity to answer some questions in real time with Claire to help her plan for her fabulous cruise aboard the Disney Wish. The one caveat, the one caveat we have to give is this is her first cruise is going to be on the Wish, and obviously nobody has sailed on the Wish yet. So we can we'll give our answers as if it was you know going to be today on the Fantasy, the Dream, the Wonder, the Magic. But there there could be changes, so don't hold us to things. <laughs> sure, and I will I will see your caveat and raise you an asterisk with this is also like we, we've we've got COVID going on. So there's the experiences that we had pre COVID, the experiences we've had aboard the three cruises we've taken since they've returned to sailing. 
All of this stuff is subject to change. And as we say at the disclaimer at the end of the show, if you have questions, you best be reaching out to your travel agent or Disney Cruise Line directly. So we will note here where it might be a good idea to do that. Uh, if you do want to reach out to a travel agent, small plug for Touring Plans Travel, our show sponsor. We we love our travel agent over there. So if you've got questions, they've got answers, uh, but we're going to do our best here. So Claire, I'm going to let you ask the questions and we will give the answers. So we are all yours for the rest of this show until we hit rapid fire and then the roles reverse one more time. So, <laughs> so Claire, what's your first question? Well, first of all, I, wa- I did want to say that you guys uh, hooked me on to Touring Plans for my trip. So we are doing an extra uh, Walt Disney World trip after this. So I did hook up with Touring Plans. Uh, Sarah is helping us plan our trip. So thank you for doing that. So I'm glad to make uh, to help you guys out with that. So with that in mind, my first question, uh, and these are without COVID in mind, although we are all fully vaccinated. So if that ever, if that keeps going, then we'll be ready for it. But what are some of the first steps you take when you get to the cruise terminal? I will give an answer and then I'll let Sam fill in anything that I kind of miss on this one. So I would divide it up uh, as follows. So there's, it depends on how you're getting there. Generally speaking, I'm going to assume you're driving to the terminal. If you're taking Disney transportation or third-party transportation, the answers might be slightly different here. But right now, in terms of getting to the cruise terminal, first thing you do is you pull up and they are strictly enforcing right now port arrival times, and I could see them continuing to do that for the foreseeable future. So we're going to assume that that remains the case, but you will have a port arrival time from your check-in. And let's put an asterisk there for one second and come back to that because I think it will be important. But you will have to show that you have your port arrival time, that you were there at your port arrival time. They will then direct you into a lane of cars. And this is for Port Canaveral at Miami or San Diego or some of the other ports. It's slightly different. But for Port Canaveral, they will direct you into a lane where you can unload all of your luggage with the porters. Your luggage will have some wonderful, hopefully Disney Cruise Line stateroom tags on it that they will have mailed to you in advance and you will put on your luggage the morning that you're heading to the port. The porters will take your luggage and they will make sure it will get get to your stateroom outside your stateroom. You won't see it again until it's sitting outside your stateroom. You will then get back in your car. And if, uh, again, assuming you've driven, you will head over to the parking garage and pay for parking. Parking at the cruise terminal is prepaid. So you don't get a ticket and then pay on your way out. It's paid based on the cruise, right? So everyone shows up and parks for a cruise on the same day. They charge you based on the length of the cruise that's sailing that day. And then when you get back, you don't have to fuddle around with uh, paying or anything as you exit. So you pay for your parking. You will go in. Assuming that they are still doing at port testing, that's when the at port testing will happen. They will have your car pull into the garage into a designated slot. You will do your non-brain poke nasal swab. Yourself (laughs) in your own car. In your own car. They will take all of that and then it will direct you to pull up the ramp and you will park somewhere in the garage, depending on how full it is in your port arrival time, and wait in your car. And once you get the test results back, you can... Well, you can exit your vehicle. Before then, you can use the bathrooms in the garage. You just can't head into the cruise terminal. But once you get your test results, you can walk across the street to the cruise terminal, and then you will be directed to check-in. For new cruisers, there is a uh, a line for Castaway Club members. There's a a separate line for Platinum and Concierge. there's There's a different line, a third line. But you will check in, show them all of your citizenship documents and verify that they're the ones you submitted online and everything matches and everything's fine. 
If not, don't worry just yet, uh, but they will get you checked in. Then you will be directed to head upstairs into the actual Disney Cruise Line terminal. And if things remain as they are, you'll head straight to a line to go through the fabulous Mickey funnel. Uh, there is an opportunity to take photos with the photographers, the ship photographers, before you head through the uh, the Mickey funnel. And then uh, that's kind of the entire process. If there are any issues with your documentation or any questions or you're looking for at port room upgrades or anything like that, as you head up the escalators into the cruise terminal to your left is the old bank of, I don't know what you would call them, kiosks where you used to check in. That's just a customer service area where folks can go if they've got issues with their documentation or questions or other other issues that need to be resolved before they get on the ship. So I think I think that covers it. Go ahead, Sam, fill in the gaps. So I will fill in the gap of if you are coming by Disney transportation or by private transportation that is not a car, uh, the only difference to what Brian said is you will be dropped off at the location where your luggage would have been dropped off. So if you came in your own car, where you would drop off your luggage with the porters is actually where you and your luggage both get out of your transportation. You hand off your luggage to the porters and then you walk, I don't know, 20 feet or something to these kind of portable buildings um, that they have put up. And that's where the testing will occur and where you'll wait for your test results. And the one thing that I would add to what Brian said is the test results will come in two different ways. One is via email or the other is via the Safe Passage website. That's what they're currently using. That could change next year. But I actually think it's... It, I would not be surprised if some of these protocols, maybe they'll ha still require testing, maybe they won't if everyone is fully vaccinated. Um, but if they still require testing, I'm sure it will look kind of like what it looks now, looks like now. You talked about porters. And I know that at, when you go to hotels and things like that, sometimes the porters are there and they will just take your luggage away and you're kind of expected to tip. Is this the same when it comes to Disney porters that, because I know they take your luggage and don't they just take it into the ship and drop it off at the front of your, at your room door? Well, so the porters take it to where Disney will load it up. So the way that they get, uh, so to answer the, the question about tipping, we generally do tip the porters. I think there is some expectation that you, you know, you give them a little something to handle your luggage. I don't think most people tip. Oh, really? Oh, I don't okay. think so. I always give them a little something if for no other reason than they might put my bag in a safer spot. <laughs> so the way they get the luggage on board, Claire, is they haul it off to an area and then Disney has these like uh, rollerboard cages basically for the luggage. Some cruise lines actually crane the cages into the ship. I think Disney actually like connects them all together in like a kind of a train. But the two things that can happen with your luggage, <laughs> one is for some reason it gets completely lost and it never shows up on the ship. That's pretty rare. It, it happens. We've definitely heard the stories in the cruise line you know, finds ways to either compensate you through credit in the store so you can buy clothes and stuff to wear on board and then get your luggage to you as soon as they possibly can in the cruise. The other thing that's happened is we've heard about luggage that's like fallen off the dock. Into the water. <laughs> into the water. And, you know, they fish it out and then, you know, everything's wet and or destroyed. And so, again, they provide free cleaning and, you know, that kind of stuff. But so both things, both things for everyone out there is super rare, like very, very rare. Although one of the reasons I do have hard-sided plastic luggage that we take <laughs> on board with us as opposed to cloth luggage 
but I do I do tip the porter. I guess what I say is I do tip the porter. Just maybe might put my bag in a slightly safer spot so that doesn't happen. But yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. The, the porters don't work for Disney, but they do work for the port. Yes, yeah, they aren't. They are not Disney cast members. That's correct. Uh, but they are. They I will say this: the porters are sometimes a, a great wealth of knowledge about how many people are on board. Uh, the last porter I had pulled me aside and gave me a whole rundown of like favorite dishes that he has in main dining. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he didn't know like, who he was talking to. <laughs> he did not. But 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 I actually he turned me onto a dish I hadn't thought about before and I gave it a try. It was pretty good. So yeah. All right. I, and mom and dad, don't take that whole luggage falling into the water thing as, like the main takeaway from this podcast. Please. Very rare. Listen, very rare. Listen, very mom rare. and dad, it won't happen. <laughs> it's never happened to us. We don't know anyone. It's actually happened to. We've just heard rumors. But, but you know what? Here's here's the here's the tip that we'll give you that's implicit in your question. When you drop off your luggage, you are going to want to keep a day bag with you because when you get your luggage loaded onto the ship, it it can take until five, six. It can take until after dinner to get until after dinner the first night for your luggage to show up outside your stateroom door. So if the ship has pulled away from their dock and your luggage is not there, do not freak out. There's a lot of luggage to be delivered right now. The luggage is getting there super fast because there's so few people on board. And yeah, it's mostly there early. But when we've sailed at full capacity, you know, there's been times we've gone to dinner and come back and our luggage has been there. So don't don't freak out if it's not there yet. But what it does say is take a day bag in your day bag. You should always have the essential medication you need, anything that you're going to need to be entertained on board the first day. So, you know, kids like crayons or, you know, Wii's or or not Wii's, uh, Nintendo switches or tablets or whatever it is. But also good idea to pack a swimsuit. If there's something you really wanted to wear to dinner the first night, you can throw it in that bag. Uh, I recommend backpacks, not rollerboards, because you don't want to, if the ship is full, you don't want to be rolling your luggage all over the ship, you know, because you're probably going to head to cabanas or the pool deck while you wait for rooms to be cleaned. Because when you get on board, also your rooms aren't immediately ready. They usually aren't ready until 1 or one thirty these days, maybe as late as 2 o'clock, I think sometimes. But basically, you're going to get on board, go get lunch, and you want to have that bag with you just in case. And when your room's ready, you want to be able to you know, throw it in your room, but you don't want to be hauling around something that's too big or too unwieldy. So you kind of strip it down to what you absolutely need. Also, would not pack, you know, obviously, you got to keep passports and all that kind of stuff available for check-in. So, you know, you want to make sure those are someplace accessible. But yeah, you're going to want to have a day bag. That is great to, to know. I, I know I had seen that in places somewhere to take a bag and I just kind of forgotten about it. So thank you for reminding me. Speaking of as you get on the ship, are there any business details, quote unquote business, that I need to take care of when I get on the ship? Is I know you get in and you're just mesmerized by everything. You said you couldn't go to the room. You go to lunch. Should I do anything at guest services uh, before I do anything else? So probably you probably don't need to do anything at guest services when you arrive there. There are a couple of exceptions. There are some people who want to use Disney gift cards for all charges on board. That's something that you need to take care of at guest services, although you wouldn't necessarily need to do that right away, but you'd probably want to do that sometime that first afternoon. If there are some you know, problems or issues, obviously guest services is one of the first places you'll want to go. Trying to think other other issues. You may want, if you want to change your dining time, uh, let's say you signed up for main dining and you want to switch to late dining or vice versa. I'm not sure if it's guest services well, it used to be there was a, a specific location where you would go to deal with any kind of dining issues. Um, and it was usually at one of the restaurants. I'm not sure where it is currently. Yeah, today it's in the app, Sam. So today oh, okay. it's, it's, yeah. So 
we don't know what it'll be like on board the wish they may have they may reestablish because i don't know how much volume of traffic that app can handle when people get on board but i i would sort of say you you might have business items that you need to take care of because you couldn't get things at the time you wanted to book your activities which right. will be port adventures dining reservations things like that well, port res- yeah, port adventures. If you wanted to have Palo brunch and you didn't get it, or whatever the the equivalent is on the Wish, right? And you couldn't get it when you booked, then you have to take care of that when you get on board. Booking spa treatments if you didn't book them in advance because you were hoping to take advantage of like an onboard deal or the time you wanted wasn't available, then you would go to the spa to book those. When actually, let me say this: I think that there are a couple that people prioritize, and let me give you those. One is if for whatever reason you have hopes to get a cabana on Castaway Key, those are going to sell out to concierge, especially on this sailing for the wish. If there are any left, they're going to go to platinum and everybody else is going to be out of luck. That said, they maintain a wait list on board. And so if your family is interested in a cabana, you have to head to guest services almost immediately, or I think message them through the Disney Cruise Line app currently and ask to be added to that wait list. And then they will contact people on that wait list in the order that they're added as cabanas become available if anyone cancels. Uh, Palo brunch is usually a hard sought after reservation because it's only available on sea days, unlike dinners at Palo and Remy, which are available pretty much every night, actually every night of the cruise. That's something that you have to kind of get on top of pretty quickly. Or if there's like a particular spa treatment you want at a particular time, then you should head to the spa and take care of that. So there can be business items to take care of when you get on board, but it's really dependent upon were there things you were trying to book through the online booking process that you couldn't get. Or when you do check-in, were there any like items related to your account, as Sam pointed out, that you wanted to take care of before, before you sail? And those port adventures and the spa and Palo, those are all things that you would pay extra for, correct? Correct. Things that are, and we actually have, I think in, I think we have an article over on touringplans.com for all of our listeners out there on what's included and what's not. If not, it's, in, uh, it's on our website, which is currently under construction again. It's being rebuilt. We're trying to get it reposted. But uh, we go through everything that's included versus not. Top level here. What things that aren't included generally are onboard alcoholic beverages, not included, you have to pay for specialty restaurants like Palo and Remy or their equivalent on the Wish, you have to pay for port adventures, spa treatments, onboard internet, photos. There are some things at the gym that are add-ons that are like either individual sessions or um, or small group um, fitness type stuff. And coffee, coffee at the Cove Cafe costs extra, and soda not from the not from the top deck. Like assuming the Wish does the same thing, they have soda stations on the top deck where you can go get free soda. But if you order a soda from uh, the bar. You have to pay for it. The The DCL 201 tip is to bring the Tervis. <laughs> so you can have like a nice big, the soda, the cups that they give you at the, the soda stations on the top deck aren't quite Dixie cup level, but they're getting pretty close. And so they're just on the small side for, for American soda sizes. They're small. Yeah, that's what I just <laughs> Yeah, that was my main question from my father was, do you pay for anything besides booze? And so I, I had to make sure that I covered the gamut on what, what is extra. You had mentioned about an app And then you also mentioned something about paying for internet while you're on board. So is there a Wi-Fi or are you completely cut off? What is that situation and how does the app work? I know that's a huge question. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's two. It's great. There's a great question. It's two parts. I'll, I'll just start with the Disney Navigator app. So Disney Cruise Line Navigator app, you are going to want to download on your smartphone ahead of time. If you download it uh, and and you put your reservation in it, your actual your cruise 
that you are booked for will populate in the app and you'll be able to see some details ahead of time, like what day you're at what port. Um, and once you start booking things, you will be able to, those things will, will populate in the app as well. So if you book an excursion. And you can book, the, I would just remember, you can book those ahead of time through the app, which is actually now the preferred method of the online booking process for activities, onboard activities, dining, all that sort of stuff. The app is a great way to go. And when it gets comes time to do online check-in, it's far easier right now to do it on a mobile phone because Disney's requiring you to do things like upload a selfie of yourself or take pictures of your documents and upload them. And so it's a lot easier to do it from the device that has like a camera right there to, to do it. So you can use the app in advance. Yeah. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. As we've said before, we use Touring Plans Travel to book all of our Disney vacations and even some of our non-Disney vacations and love the experience and expertise we get from our travel specialist over at Touring Plans Travel. She is constantly helping us out, waiting on hold when we don't have time, watching out for deals and saving us money when she can. Uh, she steers us in the right direction in terms of cruises, staterooms, things we might want to do on board and Recently, it's helped educate me around Genie Plus <laughs> when I needed it most because I've really had trouble keeping up with uh, how to access Genie Plus because, you know, parks are getting more and more complicated. So as things get more and more complicated with Disney vacations, relying on a travel specialist becomes even more important. Remember, you don't pay extra to benefit from their experience. Disney pays them at the time that you travel. There's nothing extra built into the pricing. They get access to the same pricing you would get through Disney. So Head over to Touring Plans Travel to check them out. Grab a free quote for your next Disney vacation. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you if you decide to book to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Yeah, so I would say make sure that you, your brother, your parents, everybody who's going to have a smartphone on board, which should be everyone. And I say that because there is no paper navigator. And we'll, I'll tell you in a second what that is. And no wave phones anymore. So you're only, you're all, what that means is there's no phones in the room that you can take with you places. So your communication device uh, on board is going to be your phone. Your schedule of events is, is going to be on your phone. It's going to be that app. So it's a little bit different experience on land than it is on sea. You will have different capabilities in that app, but you want to download that app before you get to the port. You want to download that app from home because you're going to have a better Wi-Fi connection at home than you will at the port, although the port has uh, typically has free Wi-Fi. Uh, but you're still going to want to do it ahead of time because, as Brian said, there are some things you can actually, a lot of things now that you can book through the app. And then I will pass it to Brian to talk about onboard Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in, well, and so, and in, in when you download the app and you start using it, it's occasionally going to give you this weird message of, are you on board yet or not? And the reason is because once you get on board, you're going to want to attach yourself to the Disney Cruise Line guest Wi Fi network on board the ship, and the app will transform at that moment. And so, at that point in time, the app unlocks and becomes your onboard navigator and has completely different functionality on board than it did on land. And so use of the app on board is entirely free and you have to be connected to the guest Wi-Fi and super important for everyone to put any device that has a cellular connection into airplane mode once that ship pulls away from the dock. Because once you get, I think, about a couple miles out to sea and you're in international waters, Disney lights up the cellular at sea service. And if you've got a device on cellular, it will attach to that service and you will, if you're pulling data down automatically on your device, it will charge you 
a small fortune for that. So make sure you put any device that has a cellular connection into airplane mode. It also helps with use of the app uh, because it forces it to go through the the Wi-Fi. On board, there are Wi-Fi packages. Disney has some of the worst at-sea Wi-Fi of any cruise line right now. And so there are cruise lines out there that you can pay for Wi-Fi packages and be streaming Netflix like you were at home. That is not Disney. Disney sells packages and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to a a 401 tip here in a second, or at least a 201 tip here in a second. But Disney sells Wi-Fi packages on board. They go range from small, medium, and large. But the large package, to put it in perspective, is 300 megabytes. Okay, that's megabytes. You're, you're currently consuming gigabytes of data on your device. So megabytes of data are for like, you can get some email, you can post a couple things to social media, check social media. When you get on board, there is a tech at sea desk usually or at least some handout that you can get that will tell you, here are the things we recommend doing on your phone so that if you get one of these Wi-Fi packages, minimize your use of data like in the background and are maximizing the use of the data in the way you want to use it, right? So there are some settings you can tweak on your phone so that if you get one of these packages, you can really take advantage of the full package as opposed to, you know, it's pulling down the weather across six different cities from your weather app and you haven't shut that off. The two kind of expert tips I would give here, one is, on the first day you're on the ship, at least right now, if you go through the, the app and you go to learn more about your internet options through the app, on day one and day one only, you can get 50 free megabytes. And that is enough on a three or four night cruise for you to kind of like hop on and check your email really fast or hop on and, you know, post one thing to Facebook or something like it, it, you can limp along with that 50 megabytes of data for a day or two. So if you want to have that, though, you have to go on and claim it on day one. After day one, it's gone. The offer is gone. You're going to have to buy it. So yeah, so they do sell packages. There's the 50 free megabytes of data on day one, and the internet's not great. If you have an iPhone, they do allow, or at least it's it's a little hit. Like I had problems with this on the last cruise, so it's not 100%. But they do allow iMessaging on board and with people back at home, text only, no photos, no audio, nothing like that. So if you're trying to keep in touch with folks at home and you have an iPhone, I'd say we have about a 95% success rate of being able to iMessage back and forth with people off the ship. It does run into problems and challenges. And sometimes you have to like shut things down and restart them or disable iMessage and turn it back on. If you attach your phone to a cell network and port, sometimes it screws it up and it takes a little while for it to sort itself out. But Generally speaking, we've had some good success and that's a way for you to keep in touch on board. The other way to keep in touch on board now that they don't have the wave phones in the room that you can take around with you is that there is messaging in the app. I think automatically everyone in your party that's attached to your reservation is sort of in the app, but then you also get a messaging code that you can share with others so that you can message with other people on board the ship. But there's like a little texting functionality within the app so you can stay connected with your party. So. Uh, we had talked earlier about uh, tipping for the porters at the port who don't necessarily work for Disney. But how does tipping work on the ship with all of the um, like people at the bar or your servers that follow you around, I think, is how that works. And uh, what, what else? Oh, your room attendant. How does that work? And do I need cash? So this falls into three buckets. The first is you can do included gratuities uh, as a part of your cruise fare where you just prepay the gratuities in advance. Now, I'll, I'll put a pin in that uh, for you because the cruise is free. I'm not sure what exactly if they're going to do anything in terms of onboard account where you can sign up for prepaid gratu- gratuities. But if you can, you can do that. And essentially, what they do is they take the recommended gratuity per day, per person, 
you know, multiply that out and charge it to your stateroom account. So, and and those are those are super minimal, <laughs> like, like you know, like twenty dollars or less for a stateroom attendant for four night cruise, right? That's the mandatory or not the mandatory, the, the the recommended gratuity or the prepaid gratuity. So that those gratuities cover your stateroom attendant, your head server, your dining room server, and your assistant server. And the head server is kind of like think of him as like an area manager for dining. So those are the four people who are included in your gratuities if you prepay them. On the last night of your cruise or on the second to last night of your cruise, I suppose, they will leave tip envelopes in your room and they will leave a sheet that shows you the gratuities that you've prepaid for those folks or the recommended ones if you have not. And the idea is you take the little slips from that sheet and the envelopes. And if you want to leave something extra, you can bring cash, fold it up, put it in the envelope, and, and give it to them on the last evening as a thank you. So again, those envelopes will only cover the person cleaning your stateroom, your stateroom attendant, your head server, your main dining server, and your assistant server. For everything else on board, so if you buy coffee at Cove Cafe or you purchase a drink or you have you know a meal in Palo there, or a spa service, there will be an automatic gratuity that is included in the bill. And then there will be a line where you can add additional gratuity. So if you feel like you got excellent service, you can do a little bit more. Right now, the way they're doing this is through the app, and I think they're going to continue this. So what will happen is they take your stateroom number and you will get a notification in the app that you have an open bill. Go into the app. You can see the bill. If you want to leave a little something extra, they have a space for you, a place for you to sort of tap different amounts or enter your own amount. Then you enter a four-digit PIN that you've set in advance, and then it will get added to your to your account. I, I I don't quite remember how room service is working right now. That was a place where you definitely needed to have, or wanted to have some cash to tip, but I'm not, I can't remember. We did get room service on one of the cruises and I can't remember if we got a notification through the app to tip or not. But so generally speaking, in terms of what you need cash for on board, it would really only be tips or if you really wanted to pay cash for merchandise on board. Your key to the world card, your room key, is basically tied to your onboard account and the credit card or payment method attached to that account. And so you can use that key or basically your stateroom number currently for all of your charges on board. And they will just bill it all to your your room account like you would if you were at a hotel. If for some reason you really want to use a different credit card or a Disney gift card or cash, you can do that in the store. Uh, as far as I know, they don't do credit cards and things like that at, at for drinks or, or other kinds of purchases on board. You'd have to go to guest services to have them. Like if for some reason you're like, oh, but I want this dinner on this credit card, you'd have to go to guest services and have them move that charge over. What is the best way to have breakfast and lunch? Because I hear that you can eat in the dining rooms, but you can also eat at cabanas um, and where where is the best food or where is the most convenient food? These are hard questions, I will tell you. I don't think there's a simple answer because, uh, so Brian and I are both lawyers and so I, I love to give the answer, it depends. <laughs> so there's really three places when you're talking about lunch, but there's two places for breakfast. So your options for breakfast on the four current ships and they, there's going to be a similar style. It's going to be a buffet style place on the Wish, although it's going to be a slightly different setup. But your your option for breakfast is Cabanas, which is buffet style, or one of the main dining rooms will be open for a sit-down breakfast. Actually, sometimes even two main dining rooms will be open for a sit-down breakfast. If you're a person who likes to eat a lot and doesn't want to have to ask for plates to be brought to you at a table, Cabanas is going to be a great option for breakfast. But if you are particular or you have any dietary issues, you are going to want to do a sit-down breakfast because the 
buffet is not going to, they will accommodate you. It will just take longer for you to get something that is different, something that is not out on the buffet. Those are your options. The eggs right now, uh, cabanas are terrible. Not just right now, always. <laughs> well, they're, oh, well, I say right now because they only have the scrambled eggs like in the tray, whereas they used to have an omelet station and the omelets made to order were perfectly fine. For lunch, you have um, a third choice, which is anything that's on the pool deck. There's like a pizza place. There's a grill. On one of the ships, there's like a shawarma station or, and like a make your own bowl station. So on, there's On the wish... On the wish, it'll be the, the, I think there's Mexican food, barbecue, a grill, and maybe one other option I'm forgetting. So yeah, so those are, that's pool deck quick service. So you can just walk up, get the food you want, walk away. And all of this, by the way, Claire, all included, all as much as you want, as many trips as you want, they will never tell you no. Now, Sam, you're forgetting the higher level thing here, which is uh, room service. Room service is available all day, pretty much all day. You can actually, there's a card in your room where you can pre-order a continental breakfast the night before and have it hanging out on your door, I think by 3 a.m. And they will deliver coffee, pastries, cereal, milk, that kind of stuff to your room. And room service is, for the most part, everything on room service, including Mickey ice cream bars, are included. So the only thing you're paying is whatever tip you leave for the the person who brings the room service to your room. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I don't even think of room service because I just assume that it's an upcharge of, of a magnificent amount. No, there there are stories of people who come come back from a, a long evening of fun and order everything on the room service menu, or or there are people who like to order a pot of coffee the night before, and because it comes in such a well insulated carafe, it's still hot in the morning early, and they get up and drink their coffee on the balcony. Uh, there's also a fan favorite of warm milk and cookies on the room service menu for a nice little evening snack. So yes, all the room service offerings are included. I feel like there are a few things that that are enough charge, but I just I'm struggling to remember exactly what they are because I don't think we've ever had them. <laughs> So I, as I know that you have a, a son, but when you go as adults, what do you prefer to do for breakfast and lunch? As adults pre-pandemic for breakfast, we typically had gone to cabanas and it was just because we could go whenever we kind of want. It was like on our own time and it was quick. It was easy. We were in and out when we wanted to be as opposed to when you go sit down, you can still kind of show up within the window whenever you want, but you're kind of at the mercy of the serving team and you know that sort of thing. So, And it's a smaller window. The breakfast at cabanas is a longer they have it open for a longer period of time. And if you've got a shore excursion or something, you can just like pop in real quick to Cabana's like 20 minutes before you need to meet up for your shore excursion, grabs a quick bite and go. For lunch, I think most of the time we have grabbed lunch on either at Cabana's or on the pool deck. On embarkation day, I think we've become a fan of going to the sit down lunch a little bit. I think we like the one in Tiana's. I did not love the one that we had in Triton's the one time we did it before that. But the sit down lunch on embarkation day can be nice because you got to kind of got to kill time anyway. You're waiting for your room to be ready. You've got this backpack with you. So unless you're going to like hit the pools hard to start, I don't know. It's kind of nice to just go sit down, take a load off, start to look through the Navigator app and get some activities going, have kind of a more leisurely lunch. Cabanas gets pretty crowded pretty pretty fast on embarkation day. Definitely. And I, I have seen a lot of people that are doing that lunch on embarkation day. And I, I really like that. And I think I'm going to try and steer my family to do that. I think for, for this cruise, they're going to be taking my word for basically everything. So if I'm like, hey, let's do this, they'll be like, okay. I know that on embarkation day, they usually have an open house 
uh, where you can go into the kids clubs and that's valuable for people that aren't bringing kids like us. Is there any other time where we could sneak into the kids clubs uh, when it's not open for kids? So the, the embarkation day has the biggest amount of time for open house for the kids clubs for a very good chunk of when everybody gets on board, the kids clubs are fully open only for open house. They do not open for drop off until later in the afternoon, basically uh, on that first day. On the later days, the younger kids club, again, will have open house hours. It'll usually be like a couple of hours per day. And on the current ships, there's basically the kids club is kind of split into two halves. And so they will open up one half while still ha- for open house time while still having the other half as closed, you know, drop off time for kids. But I would say the the teen and tween clubs, pretty much if you want to check those out, you're going to have to do it on that first day. They don't tend to have open houses beyond that first day from my memory. Do you need your passport on you at all times? I know you need your key, the world card, but is there anything else that you must have with you? Nope. You can generally leave your passport in the room as long as you're on the ship. If you're getting off the ship at any port of call, you should take your passport with you because you may be asked to show it to re-enter the control dock. Your Key of the World card is all you need to do to get on the ship itself for Disney. You'll just tap your Key of the World card when you get off and you tap it when you get back on. But it's possible that you know local customs might ask to see your passport to let you into the the port facility. So I would carry it off the, if you're getting off the ship. That, that's that includes Castaway Key, by the way. They do recommend that you take your At passport with ID. you. Yeah, some form of identification off the ship with you, a Castaway Key, so that uh, when you come back through, I think at least one member of your party has to show that documentation when you come back in. Otherwise, on board the ship, you do not have to keep it with you at all times. Just when you're just when you're getting off. Most of the ports do not require you to show a passport to come back into that port area. They do require you to show some uh, government-issued ID. I know there's a bunch of entertainment on board, and I've been trying to keep track of, like, I, I watch videos and I see there's a piano player, there's sometimes another, like, musical group, there's trivia, there's drawing. Is there karaoke? Yes. There, is, there are two kinds of karaoke on Disney cruises. There is adults-only karaoke, and then there is family karaoke. If you want to hear kids singing Let It Go, go to family karaoke. If you don't want to hear kids singing Let It Go, don't go to family karaoke. Just know, once you step into family karaoke, it's it, it would be pretty horrible to get up in the middle of somebody singing and walking out if it's that yeah. bad. <laughs> once, you're in, once you're in family karaoke, you're there to stay. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like There might be like an eight-year-old on stage, and so they might feel bad if you leave during their solo. So. Oh, absolutely. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, last question that I have. What is one thing that you two think that we should do no matter what? Oh, all right. So this is, let's give parameter. This is adults only. And who's in your party? Uh, my dad, my mom, they're both in their 60s. Uh, and my brother and I are in our 30s. I, sorry, I should also specify we are penny pinchers. So like going all out on paying for something might not be what we want to do, but maybe we could if you all right so that gives me that gives me i'm down to i'm down to one recommendation then (laughs) okay well i i'm gonna give i'm gonna give two recommendations well don't steal mine why don't you no no, i know what yours is i know what yours is do you want to do yours first all right so claire i'm gonna convince you to spend just a, a like what i think is a little bit of money here and assuming that they have the equivalent of palo brunch on the disney wish which would be in the new palo steakhouse i'm gonna highly encourage you to give that 
a try. Now, it's premised on it being a fairly similar experience to what we see on board today. And also perhaps having some fan favorite menu items at brunch, which is a big question mark because they are changing up the dining experience. Palo brunch today is a huge fan favorite. And I think it is one of the most accessible meals and also a great value for the money. And so it pre-COVID Palo brunch was, well, I think it was $40 a person. Now it's 45. So say it was $45 a person, but the experience was they had a huge brunch spread, self-service, you know, buffet-style brunch spread, plus a menu chocked full of breakfast and Italian food items, like all kinds of stuff. It was just all kinds of stuff. And the brunch had caviar and all kinds of seafood on it and then amazing pastries. And yeah, nothing was an upcharge at brunch. But you would get all of this amazing food. Today, it's a little bit different. You have to order off of a menu. And so they still do an antipasta plate and the main course and desserts. And, and it's it's not as regimented as I think some of us thought it would be. I mean, they will bring you like we got pizza plus, an on, plus two entrees. And it's not like they were charging us for the pizza. So for two of us to have a nice antipasti plate each, an included mimosa, a pizza that we shared, two entrees and two desserts, and two iced teas was $90. That's it. And they, I don't think they, do they, I don't think they include gratuity there, as I recall, Sam. I think you had to add gratuity on top of the $90. You have to add if you want to, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is $90. And while that sounds like a lot, the quality of the food, the quality of the service, the restaurant itself, the decor, the atmosphere, everything end to end is fabulous. And I think it is the best value on a meal aboard a Disney ship that you will you will ever be able to get. I've got two recommendations and both of mine are free. So my first recommendation is going to be that you go to the stage shows. And I don't know I what... I could have read that one a mile away. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, you'll probably sign up for the late dining. Actually, I would recommend you sign up for the late dining because you are a party of all adults. The show will actually be before dinner. So you'll go to the early show and then you'll probably then you'll get some cocktails and then you'll go have your dinner basically is um, each that will be your it's a perfect night like every night. We're talking like Broadway quality at sea. They're fabulous. So you I don't know what shows they'll have on the wish and they're not just for kids or families. I personally go by myself to every show (laughs) because I love them. So, okay, so that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation, and this is kind of going to be, this is a little bit of a funny one, but if your parents are kind of adventurous, either way, you should go see Match Your Mate. But if your parents are kind of adventurous and willing to be a little bit embarrassed, you should volunteer them or get them to volunteer to be contestants. Well, on- hold on. Before we sign Claire up for a lifetime of therapy, just... just- <laughs> I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give more information. Um, so match your mate is uh, one of the ad- one of the evenings on your cruise. They will have match your mate. It's on all four current ships. So I'm sure they'll do it on the wish. It is a newlywed style game where they select three couples from the audience and then they remove, you know, the all the wives and ask the hus- husband's questions. And then they bring the, the wives back and then they see if their answers match and then they do exactly the opposite. Right. They remove the, the husband's and then bring them back. And so it is hilarious. They ask questions like, where did you first um, 
uh, what is the what is the term they use? What's the most interesting place you've discovered the magic? Or how would you describe your current uh, love life situation? And then by Disney song, and it's like a whole new world. I'm almost there. <laughs> or it's a small world. So it all depends on how much information you want about your parents. <laughs> but it, it is just hilarious. Even if you're, even if you can't convince your parents to volunteer to be on this this game show it is a hilarious thing to watch and i will tell you that the couples who are on match your mate become a little bit of um celebrities on the rest of the cruise so if they do it on let's say night two people will come up to them for the rest of the cruise and start chit-chatting with them and joking around with them and things like that so it can actually really make for a very fun cruise experience in general Okay, you've just all hit on some of the things that I think my family would love. We are we are big Broadway fans, so that was definitely a must for me. But I had never really heard about Match Your Mate, and I think my parents, my, my mom at least, would love it. I have to get my dad in the right mood that he'd be game for it, but I'm going to see if that's something they want to do, because that would be hilarious. I they don't, they don't like to give out too much information, but I think they might be game for this. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to answer my questions. And I don't I don't have too much information right now, because they haven't officially booked the cruise. And once they can, I can like go onto the app and start looking at like, what if am I going on to a port? I know that it's for three nights. I know a couple other details, but I don't know much right now, because I think they're still gathering contestants. And who knows, maybe this cruise is going to be full of like influencers and YouTubers and People it's definitely the same cruise that they're inviting some of the travel agent crowd on and some of the really hefty Disney influencer crowd on. So you you will be on board with those folks as well. So keep your head on the swivel for those gimbals running by. But uh, <laughs> I will have my own. I, I not just because I don't like have thousands of followers on YouTube, but I just want to record it for my family because, you know, like you mentioned, the Wi-Fi is spotty. So I want to say, hey, watch this video and you can see everything that we did. Uh, well, now that you've gotten to ask us a bunch of questions, Claire, I think we just have a handful of questions for you that we like to call Rapid Fire. So, Sam, Sam, it's your favorite part of the show. Take it away for Rapid Fire. I am speed. Okay, so what I tell people about Rapid Fire is the only rule to Rapid Fire is there are no rules to Rapid Fire. So these are your Disney favorites. We're going to, I'm going to ask you a few general Disney favorites, and then I will ask you a couple of park specific favorites. You know, someday we're going to have to, someday we're going to have to run our own version of Match Your Mate on this, on this show. That's what we'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> not tonight, not tonight. Claire has been a good sport. So, <laughs> so Claire, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to go with Mickey Mouse because whenever you see Mickey Mouse, you're happy. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? So Disney or Pixar, that doesn't involve Star Wars. Oh, it can. Um, it can. Any Disney-owned property. All right. right, let's. My favorite is Return of the Jedi. Favorite Disney song? That is the theme song to Fantasmic. I, man, Fantasmic is a must for me. And it, every time I watch it, it makes me cry. I love it so much. What is your favorite park? Oh, man. Um, do, do I have to have gone there? <laughs> well, now I'm now I'm intrigued. Please give us the answer of the park you haven't gone to. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, full disclosure, I was supposed to go to Japan for uh, the Olympics. And yeah. so I really want to go to Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea because they look spectacular and I've heard nothing but good things. So those are the ones I want to do and I know they'd be my favorite. But if I had to choose my favorite, I think I would have to choose Disneyland because I just, I get it. it when you go there, you just, the people around you get it. And it's just an insanely magical experience. Awesome. What is your favorite land? And that can be in any park. Let's do with ones that you've been to. I would have to say my favorite land is, it's probably going to be Galaxy's Edge. I went there and just the immersion that they put you in. The music that they do, at, I, I'm a music nut. So the music that they do when you transition from like Hollywood Studios or Disneyland into Galaxy's Edge is kind of that ethereal music. I could sit there for hours and not even like be in Galaxy's Edge, but it just puts you in such a mood. Like I'm in Star Wars now. Awesome. Yeah, it is a great, it, it, they did a great job with that land. All right. Favorite on property resort. I, when I went with my parents, we did one night at Yacht Club and that's all they could talk about. <laughs> so I, and I, I would agree with them. Yacht Club was magnificent. So I'm going to choose Yacht Club. All right. The next two questions are favorite classic attraction and favorite modern attraction. And you define modern and classic however you want. Classic attraction is one that I hated as a child, but I love now. And it's the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I, it scared me to, be, to death when I was a little kid, but then I suddenly realized what it all meant. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty awesome. And the favorite modern ride is definitely Rise of the Rhythm. Yes. Which, <laughs> Which my parents and my brother have not done yet. And when we do our little post-cruise vacation, that is the one thing I need to take them to is Rise of the Resistance because it is spectacular. Well, Haunted Mansion is especially appropriate as we are recording this the day before Halloween, Foolish Mortals. Yes. (laughs) All right. My last question. This is one that I think can be very controversial. What is your favorite park snack? Oh, that's not a... That's not a uh, debate. It's the Mickey, uh, what do you call it? The Mickey Premium Ice Cream Bar. <laughs> I love it. Well, you can have as many as you want on the cruise. I will tell you, it will not be on the, the dessert menu, but it is one of those off-menu things you can get at any meal. You can get a, a Mickey bar you can ask in the restaurants. You can ask and room service. So it is... You can get you can have three a day. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that. Well, Claire, we are excited for your sailing on the wish. And in fact, I don't know if we have uh, completely turned you off to our show and just lost a listener today. But if we have not, we would absolutely love to have you come back on after you've had a chance to sail on the wish, especially to hear all about this like pre-maiden voyage cruise. It sounds so spectacular and special. So I, we hope you'll consider coming back and sharing that experience with us. And and frankly, we can check in to see if any of our tips ended up working out or if we steered you in a horrible direction. So Claire, it's been fabulous talking to you about, uh, about your cruise on the wish and uh, we can't wait to hear more. So thank you for coming on. I would love to come back and thank you so much for being willing to listen to my questions. you enjoyed tonight's episode it was so amazing having claire on and what an amazing experience to win a cruise aboard the wish i mean so cool i am so happy for her so excited and we can't wait to hopefully have her back on to share that experience with us also if you like the format of this show 
We really love interacting with our listeners. I hope that comes through in the shows and our you know presence online and through our Facebook group and all that. So we love interacting with all of you. So when Claire reached out and said she had questions, I was so excited to have her on to just answer those in real time, share that back out with the community. So if you've got questions, we want to hear them. And you know, if you're an experienced cruiser and you want to come on and just cut it up with us about tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff, more advanced kind of topics, then hit us up. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to, to talk to our listeners out there. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from a long-time listener, and every time we put out an Ask for Reviews, Bobby is there to update his review with his latest thoughts. And so Bobby from Texas writes, Great show. I have been listening since podcast one and enjoying every episode. Very informative and so fun to listen to. If you're interested in cruising at all, they are the team to listen to. Bobby, we love you, man, out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through the good times and the bad. And we have hopefully many more shows to share with you going forward. With that, as always, I would really like to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. This show would not exist without you, our listeners. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We also have some additional content over at youtube.com slash DCL Duo. If you'd like to see some videos with us, uh, head over there like and subscribe we are going to be putting out more content i've got a ton of content recorded from the cruises we've been on they've just been so close in time i haven't had a chance to put the videos together but i'm working on it if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over and join the dcl duo vlog and podcast facebook group if you'd like to participate in a conversation with some like-minded dcl duo fans and cruisers like yourself if you are listening to the show and you like the show head over to apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews we love leaving them on the air each week and interacting with our listeners and getting their feedback if you'd like to help support the show as always you can browse to touringplans.com travel to book your next disney vacation just let them know the dcl duo sent you or you can head over to patreon.com dcl duo and join from one of our monthly support tiers we really do appreciate each and every one of our patreons they are part of our dcl duo family helping us put this show out each and every month the dcl duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with disney cruise line the disney company or the disney family of theme parks the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the disney company where Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.